Rocket. Watch him. That's who they're coming for. I want to come. No. Mantis, watch Drax. Groot, you know what to do with these. Down. I am pushing down on it. Push the button. It looks like you're pushing the keyhole. The what? There's a button under the handle. Press that in. Okay. Now what? Open the door. That is a stupid design. That was one of the scenes <clears throat> from the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 film that was dropped this past weekend that I went and saw yesterday. So welcome everyone to another edition of Conversation with Shelby Green. This is your Wednesday episode, weekly edition of Conversation with Shelby Green. I'm the host of Main Man, Shelby Green. I said it a lot lately and I don't care. If you excuse me, I'm underneath the little weather dealing with a head cold right now. But duty calls on getting, you know, performance and stuff out. And we're going to do that right here and right now. As I pick up my TJ Watt rookie card or TJ Watt football card and put it right there. <coughs> excuse me. So anyway... So yesterday, um, this I'm recording this on a Monday, May 8th at 4.28 in the afternoon. I went Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, evening, about 24 hours ago, 5.30 to the um, Regal Theater by the Greenwood Mall. And we I went and saw Garns Guys Volume 3. Me, girlfriend, little man, and one of his good friends, we all four went. So me walking in to this... Um, I'm not going to do like I normally do, go through everything plot points like with you guys. I originally had a guest plan for this, but he had something come up, so he couldn't make it. So that was going to take up some time. So I'm just going to give you a quick little snippet of how I feel about the film. What the, the conversation goes with of how we do it, as I take a sip of this water real quick. I'm trying to clear my throat. But anyway... Just my, my thoughts, opinion. And there's been a lot of speculation. Is Marvel back on track? So let me give you a heads up. So in 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy was released. And a lot of people, when the first the Guardians of the Galaxy film was put in production, a lot of people like me were like, why are they doing a film on that of all things? And I've always, I read the Guardians of the Galaxy comics as a kid or as a teen. Thought they were okay. Nothing really too spectacular. And then I went and saw the 2014 film at the Tibbs Drive-In here. And um, I saw that and Captain America Winter Soldier back-to-back. And I must admit, I walked away from Guardians of the Galaxy thinking, this is my favorite Marvel film they've ever done. And it still is to this day. It's my favorite Marvel movie of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, excluding, like, the Blades and everything else. <clears throat> but I will let you know this, too. Um, volume 2 came out about three or four years later. And I liked it. I felt like I had some issues with it, but I did like it. This film I'm walking in, this is the final trilogy. They're going to end this trilogy off on the right foot, these characters and everything else. And I thought, what would be a better idea for to end this on the right path? Right path. So here's my opinion on this. I am a... As I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry underneath the weather. I apologize. I'm literally one of these people that... I am a DC guy first marvel film second i've been that way for my whole life i've always enjoyed dc's things more than marvel but i support marvel i support them because i know they're good for the industry comic book industry i hate the fact that they're the only ones you know everybody says that marvel's only there's people out there there's no any good movies anymore just when marvel films take everything it's just stupid that some people come with that exception but anyway um so we're gonna get right into it so opening up with this film i'm thinking you know what can it what what we we've been teased that we were gonna get you know we were gonna get we with a high evolutionary who was um was gonna be involved 
with this. We've been teased Adam Warlock. He's coming. <clears throat> and, you know, we were teased that the Otter Lila was going to be in this. And, you know, we were teased at what was going to happen. And I was sitting there thinking, like, hopefully this is going to be good, man, because I really, 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 really am hoping for this to be a good film. So opening up, you find the Guardians on Nowhere, and it's this film was teased in the trailers that this was going to be basically, it's about the Guardians' final film, but this film was going to be centered around Rocket and going forward. So opening up, we're on Nowhere, and I was always thought that the way that James Gunn shot this film from Nowhere, it's just a badass scene, and it's just great. Of course... You know, the Guardians are setting up their headquarters and stuff. Drax and uh, Mantis are having their good thing, having their, uh, are having their, their comedy. Nebula, who's played by Karen Gillian, she doesn't get a lot of credit. Nebula is really good. Ne- Karen Gillian is really good as Nebula. She does a hell of a job. And, <clears throat> you know, the Guardians are setting their new headquarters and stuff, and all of a sudden, Adam Warlock shows up. And I must admit, too, that there's a scene where Chris Pratt... Um, who uh, I'm sorry, um, the guy named uh, <laughs> Star Lord, uh, who's played by Chris Pratt. He is basically drunk because he's heartbroken over what happened with uh, with uh, Gamora. He was in love with Gamora. We all know what happened in uh, Infinity War. She was killed, and the alternate version of Gamora is alive. And we'll find out more about that later. But you see this famous shot of the opening credits. With you hear that you got the creep, uh, and by the way, also I want to put this out. The so- the soundtrack in this is perfect, flat out perfect. It's the best soundtrack that uh, James Gunn's put together in all three of these films. And if you look at it, as he lifts, you know, the opening scene, you see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. They got their headquarters now, and you see him, you know, Nebulous carry him, and they put Peter in bed. And obviously, the next thing you know, Adam Warlock shows up and he attacks Rocket and. This was a great scene. You see the power of Adam Warlock on display. And I'm thinking, they got Adam Warlock. Here comes Adam Warlock. And um, <clears throat> Will Poulter, who I've seen in Shameless, who was originally supposed to play Pennywise in the 2017-2019 It re-adaptation. That was really supposed to be him. But he's done some films. He's, and he's, he was in, uh, the, the, um, the what's that movie with Tom Hardy and... Um, the R. Capro, the Revevent. Revevent? I can't, I can't think of it. It came out in 2015. But anyway, um, I'm watching this film, and as the fight's going on, all of a sudden, Drax comes on, pick on some of your own sides, and Drax actually gets the best of Adam, and Adam gets his hands on. Also, I love the way Groot looks in this. Groot is more of a, he looks, he's more like buffer and meaner. He looks like that. And then, of course, you know, Adam, uh, Adam ends up, um, he seriously wounds Rocket. He, he, stabbed him, he gets stabbed by Nebula, and he forced, because he looks like he's about to kill Drax. And the Guardians freak out. They're trying to get this because Rocket has a kill switch in him that was made by Ogrecorp, embedded in him, and they are they they can't override the code. So now they're trying now. So Rocket, they got he's they say he's got forty eight hours to live. We gotta get this done. And then you see the Guardians decide they're gonna go to Ogrecorp to find the headquarters override. And you then see the um, you see. Rocket Lights Country, you get into his dreaming of his past. You meet him as a baby raccoon who he gets experimented on. And then you meet, the as you, he gets experimented on, you meet Lila, the warless Tifus, and the rabbit floor. You meet you meet the friends. And, you know, obviously. You also get a scene where you see the High Evolutionary is having a, having a conversation with Adam Warlock and his mother. And you can see the power of him. He actually... And, at first, when I first saw Adam, I was like, Adam Warlock, the way he was taken out, I'm like, Adam Warlock is really powerful. Like, how did he not see that coming? And then you find out the High Levitionary pulled him out of his chamber. 
he wasn't ready yet. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, all right, you basically Adam Warlock is a basically a, a, a child in a grown man's body. And, you know, of course, um, let's take a glip of water. Also, I want to point out, you you see, um, you see, um, obviously you see, um, you, we get to see Cosmo, the, the smart, the dog, finally, we finally see him in this. Um, you also see Sean Gunn as Kragler, he's back in it, and they have a little, him and Cosmo have a little back and forth, back and forth with each other. And what about he? You stupid dog. I goes. I am not a stupid dog. It, it's actually really. It's actually really, really good. Cosmo is actually a really cool character. Always been a really cool character, and I'm very happy we got to see Cosmo in this. About time. So anyway, as we, we continue the high level, as we go, we go back, and you find out the high level there, high high uh, evolutionary rocket's intelligence is incredible, and they find out. Because they're trying to figure out how to, um, they're trying to figure out like with Rocket, they're 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 breeding these animals and these animals are coming out. They're more aggressive and they're not attacking. And then Rocket says, "You switch this and that." And the high level, and the high evolutionary, obviously, is like, "How did you figure this out?" And it actually worked. So we're gonna get back. We're gonna get to that later. But we go to the present, basically this, and you see that the the Ravengers. Have stopped the uh, have stopped the guardians as they're trying to get infiltrated on Ogocorp, and you see that Gomora is part of the Ravagers, and you see that P uh, Peter Quill, Star Lord, is really convinced he's trying to do everything he can to like make her remember. And I like Gomora's look in this. She comes in, her hair is kind of greasy, and her she's got half of it's coming over her face like it's long. She has a little bit of a swagger to her, and you see, and her and Nebula kind of do this little <clears throat> to each other. Where whatever, and and whatever, and you see that they and then also you see Sylvester Stallone in this, and they tell him pulling these suits and really cool scene. They get on, they get on, the, they get on um, the Orca Corp. They get on there and you get on there and <coughs> excuse me, and you they get on there and you get the scene where Peter is talking Gamora. And he pushes the blue button thing, and they're gonna talk, talk, and you get kind of one of the cameos, the funny scenes where everybody hears this conversation, which was fine with the humor. So Marvel balanced out their humor really well at this. I will point out that's a real big positive with me. Marvel's humor was really good in this, really, really good. I mean, sometimes they go a little overboard with it, but everything in their humor, in my, my opinion, stuck in this. So they get in there, and um, I can't, man. I am so sorry, guys. I am under the weather. Um, but you see that um, Rocket, they get the clips, they get the clips, and they they as they escape through thing. And also, you see Jack directs a shot shot in this fight in the chest in the back by soldiers. And Gamora is really intense. She's threatening hostages and shit. She this is a different version of Gamora that we're not used to seeing. It is an alternate version of her. And of course, you know. Um, they escape barely with their lives, the guards, and they see, they get the clip, and they see what happened to Rocket. And Nebula's words, I'm goes, this is the worst than what my father did to me. Like, you see what happens. And then we go, they jump back and forth with the uh, the life. They jump back and forth with the life. The high evolutionary, he is a power hungry. He wants to create a whole world of society. They found out he created a place called Counter-Earth. And you see um, him snap at Rocket. And they're talking about going to the new world and everything else. And then they find, Rocket finds out that the high evolutionary is not taking the new world. He's going to kill all four of them. 
Rocket finds out about it. He is going to escape. Rocket creates a code. He, he escapes out of his chamber. And Rocket ends up... <clears throat> Rocket ends up... Um, Jesus. Ro- uh, Rocket ends up... Um, Rocket ends up getting Lila out. They hug each other. And Lila Lairishinary shoots Rocket... Shoots... Shoots... Um, shoots Lila back. She dies. And Rocket commences to tear in the High Louvre's face apart. And you'll see what High Louvre's face looks after that. I mean, he is chopped. He's sh- just sh- shrouded. Rocket gets the guns, and he gets in a gunfire with some of the High, Revolution- uh, high Evolutionary Security. And the bunny and the warless end up dying. And by the way, their chemistry was really good in this. And it was actually one of those scenes in the film, like, you get teary-eyed because it's like... It's very comic book accurate. This film is very comic book accurate. And that's one thing about, I think, James Gunn, getting to him after this, but I wasn't talking about him with DC. He is going to lead DC into the right direction. I really believe that he is going to make DC get back on track and get, just not get the comic world because Marvel needs competition. And DC's done a, a solid job of that, but so many executives and shit have gotten in the way. And that's what it is. So... They arrive on Counter Earth. They they realize we gotta figure this out. We gotta get this. We gotta get that. And Drax and Manus are gonna remain with Gore, Gore and Rocket. And also before that, they they go to Counter Earth, and they they're gonna they're gonna confront the High Evolutionary. And Gamora goes to try basically beat up Peter Quill and goes to kill him. And basically Nebula steps in, and you see that first confrontation. Nebula really stands up. She basically stands up to. Um, she stands up to Gamora, looks her in the face, and says, uh, no. No. No, you're not doing this shit, and that's what's going to happen. So Nebula, to me, I want to see more of this. Nebula really won me over in this film. After all the films she's been in, Guardians 1, Infinity War, all the films she's been in, she won me over in this. So Nebula, I am a fan of Nebula. They go to the planet, this counter-Earth, and Drax, Master, Gamora, Gamora, Rocket, it, with, with, with Gamora and Rocket, and Peter Quill and crew are going to travel to the High Evolutionary, um, High Evolutionary's ship. And when he gets there, she goes, "It's going to be a standoff." So, and obviously, Quill and Groot, I got uh, Nebula is forced out by the guards, and Quill and <laughs> Quill and Groot board, and basically Drax and Drax and Mantis ended up Drax ends up tricking, tricking Mantis, get on his motorcycle, and they drive off. And then you see the high. They go into the they they get in the high evolutionary and Peter Quill and they get into it and the high evolutionary they get into it and basically they start talking shit and they get into a fight and you find a high evolutionary is going to destroy the counter earth and he's going to recreation and he starts killing all life on the planet and meanwhile is that well Adam Warlock and his mother whose name I escapes me and I apologize they get there to find they're trying to save their people basically because the high evolutionary and he ends up, uh, Warlock's ship ends up getting, um, ends up getting destroyed. His ship goes over his mother. Then one of the war pigs, or soldier pigs, gets to the ship, has rocket, and Gamora is forced to defend. Gamora is forced to defend, forced to defend uh, rocket. And she, she is not, she's overpowered a little bit. And Adam Warlock comes out of nowhere and he ends up killing the high pig. And of course, as he's distracted talking to the pig, Gamora takes off. She takes off on foot or rocket on her shoulders. Uh, uh, no, takes off on her shoulder and goes around the opposite ship. And uh, what's his name? Um, um, Adam Warlock has no idea what's going on. So that was kind of a weird scene for me. Gamora gets off. She runs around, gets to the back of the ship. Where is Adam Warlock? I can't remember. So if you guys hear this, point that out to me. 
But anyway, you see the high evolutionary how he is. He does not care about nobody but himself. He's selfish. He's a hell of a villain, a really good villain. And I was kind of interested to see how they were going to do this villain. But he did a really good job. Then you see the scene where as they get they get on the board of the ship, they're trying to save Rocket. And by the way, as Peter and Groot get off and they kill one of the scientists in a really badass way, kill one of the scientists for um, for um, with Peter and um, Groot. They kill us and they take this beam off the head to get the controls for Rocket's, get that kill switch out of them. They pull it up, and Rocket basically is dying, and they lost him. And Peter freaks out. And meanwhile, Nebula, Drax, and Mantis are on the ship, and they find out that Highly Evolutionary is, is, is experimenting on kids, which is even more creepy. It's okay to, to expand on animals and humans, but when you do children, or grown adults, excuse me, but when you do children, it just makes it more sick. And Peter Quill, uh, he snaps. He says, I'm not going to lose. And you see his cutscene where... Rocket is uh, sees Lila, the war um, uh, toughest, tough teeths and floor, and he hugs Lila and says, "Can I come with you guys?" And she says, "Of course." She goes, "But not yet." And they start talking a little bit. They start talking a little bit, and Rocket and like Rocket wakes up and he's he's alive. And they find out what's going on, boy. And you see Nebula; she's talking to Peter through the they're like they're like a like a uh, not a walkie-talkie, but like something like that, like an audio thing. And you hear, um, and you hear Rocket goes, "I'm just glad that it, or he said Rocket said something," and you hear Nebula put her hand over her mouth, and Mantis and Drax are all, and you see Nebula show emotion. The first time you ever see Nebula show emotion, so you see a lot of character char- character development with Nebula that I was really, I didn't, I didn't realize as much as this was a Rocket film and it felt like a Rocket film, Nebula to me was really big in this because. She balanced everything out. I felt like, and I gotta give her. I gotta give her Karen Gillian. Karen Gillian a lot of credit. Nebula deserves a lot of flowers for this man. She did a great job as Nebula, man. Um. <clears throat> so they get back to it, and they have a meeting, and they decide they're gonna go save them. They go save them, and they get they get on the ship. They they get on the ship and they all meet each other. And Mantis has a really cool scene with these big creatures where they're, they're trapped in this pit, and and they all like they all like um, they're trapped in this pit and they all these big ass creatures come out and Nebula, Mantis takes control of them and makes them happy and they they brush the wall and also you find out that these these children are in there they speak a different they speak jib jib or whatever it is. And their whole time, <laughs> Nebula's trying to get him to speak. And then all of a sudden, Drax, you see what Drax is. You see that the, Drax wasn't meant to be a story. He was meant to be a father. Mantis told him that. Or Nebula told him that. And No, it was Nebula told him that. And in the scene, he, he speaks language. And, and Nebula goes, you speak their language you didn't tell us? And, <laughs> and Drax goes, you didn't ask. The way what Drax said was just funny. And also, you see when, um, uh, obviously, you see that... Um, before that, Nebula uh, Nebula jumped on to Drax talking about how much of an idiot he is, and Mantis fired up and said, "Just because he's stupid doesn't mean he's our family. He loves and cares." Blah 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 blah. And they get into it, and it's like Mantis fired up with her face and her emotion, and it was just great. It was just a, it was just cool, man. And and as you know, <laughs> this uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm <clears throat> just trying to fight this cold off, guys, for you guys. So anyway, Quill decides that. Um, 
you know, they all meet up finally on the ship dock, and they tell we got to get out of here alive. And Drax and everybody let them know there's a bunch of kids on here. And Rocket looks at the door. He goes, I'm tired of running. And Rocket cocks that gun, and you Peter Quill puts his headphones in, and you get the most badass Corey fight scene, in my opinion, in the MCU since Endgame when all the people came out of the portals. Watching... That scene just, oh, my, it just it was just that you get the badass kills, and the guardians with Gamora because she's not part of the guardians technically. They just start to whipping ass and, and whipping ass with no slip to Brooklyn by the Beastie Boys. Ugh, just a badass scene. They get all the people off the ship, they, and then of course they get Nowhere's help on the ship. Nowhere comes in to help, and Sean Gunn's brother who who plays one the, who has um um. Jesus, Lord have mercy. I'm drawing. I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. Drawing a blank, guys. Oh, y'all know y'all knows um, a needle or arrow. Sean Gunn finally manages up the help. The manages up, and he finally helps out with that. You see that scene. Um, you also see in this battle scene that they they are getting all the the children off the ship as Cosmo is being helped by Mantis. Cosmo is so powerful. Like a lot of people I read in the comments. On pages were like they Cosmo's that powerful? Yeah, Cosmo's very very strong. He's Telegonetheus. Where and there's also that badass scene where on the Norway where Cosmo takes a um, when um, Sean Gunn's brother is trapped by this guy. He's about to die, and all of a sudden like this big bird and the two big ass center blocks and Cosmo comes in. He goes and Sean Gunn's finally says, "Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, that was a he, he's a he's a." Because it's a good dog. And smashed together. I looked at my girlfriend in my life. I said, that's what I call a hell of a chicken sandwich. And she goes, I can't stand you. But anyway, put my own keeping fan. Also, want to point out, I love the fact that when they were playing cards in this, um, Sean Gunn's character and obviously Cosmo. But we've seen Howard the Duck. And I'm sitting with my, who's voiced by Seth Green. I'm saying, can we get a Howard the Duck film? Like, you see Howard the Duck. That's cool. Um... And and um, <clears throat> you see the fights where, and you see where the 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 high. And now we go back to the ship with the High Evolutionary Command. He's trying to tell like his commands are, and his people are saying, "You're gonna blow us all up." And he doesn't realize. And basically, they turn on him, and he powers up and just kills them all. And then, of course, Rocket is walking with the kids, and he finds a trap where all the people are, and he sees all the baby raccoons. All the baby raccoons, and you get that scene with him and the high evolutionary. And the high evolutionary is like calls him by his name, calls him by the B three one whatever he is. And Rocket powers up on him and says, "No, my name is Rocket the Raccoon." He, Rocket finally naps that he's a raccoon, and he shoots the high evolutionary. And then all of a sudden, the Guardians come out and they just kick his ass like bam, bam. And it was believable. It wasn't like when I talked about Ant Man. Ant-Man in the Wasp, that the Quantum Marinium. I mean, how it looked like they defeated Kang so easily. When we know how strong Kang is. Look what they did at High Liverpool. He was shot and they all ambushed him at once. He was caught off guard. And then you see what happens. They take his face off. You see what happened. Look what you did to me. And you see his face. He's like basically a robot. His face is all mangled from Rocket scratching him up and whatever. They go to leave and Rocket goes, no, we can't leave. They're all here. And they let all the animals loose. Cosmo is becoming more and more weaker, and he's, he lets go of the sh- he lets go of the ship. And Quill, and he and Quill is about to cross it, and he loses his walk and goes after. Her, and Quill is jumps across in space, and he gets hit in the he kind of gets caught by block, and he's about to die. And everybody in this theater is like, you hear my gasp, 
And the scene that got, what got me most with this is Quill's about to die. It looks like he's about to die. All of a sudden, Groot sticks his hands out, like his limbs out to get him and his limbs fall. And I about got choked. I'm like, oh my God, no, no, no. And then Adam Warlock, who's been hunting these guys, whatever, whatever, I'm thinking they got to redeem him. He shows back up, grabs him, and puts him back on the ship. So basically in the aftermath of this, after everything, basically Quill... And um, Quill and Nebula, Nebula um, no, excuse me, Gamora is leaving the Ravagers, and they finally admit that um, Gamora, who has nothing, wants to do, nothing with Peter or nothing else, and has no recollection. She just goes, "I bet we were a lot of fun." He goes, "We were," and it was just like like a cordial. And you see that uh, Gamora is with the Ravagers; they're hugging each other, and they're all like, "Yes, yes, yes, you're with us now." Blah 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 blah. And then Peter says, I got to do something. And Peter has a meeting and he announces he's leaving the Guardians and he's going to go back and you find out. You don't know where he's going to go, but and he doesn't admit it where he's going to go. But you find out that he's going to, um, he's going to go, he's going to leave to go find his grandfather. And then, of course, Mantis says, I've, and Mantis goes, for all these years I worked for Ego, now I work for Guardians. I need to find myself with me. She leaves with her creatures. Gamora. It obviously goes back to uh, just like I said. And Nebula and Drax says, I need to leave too. And Nebula goes, no, I need you home here. I'll know where to raise the children. And Rocket says, what means? He goes, you're the captain now, Captain Rocket. And they all do their little salute or whatever. So basically, basically, Rocket's going to lead. Rocket's going to lead the Guardians now. And we're thinking, okay, who's going to replace the guys? And then they get this little big post-credit scene. Everybody's dancing, having a good time. And then you see... That Cena chokes you up. Peter's back on Earth, and he runs into his grandfather. And Jason goes, Peter, and he hugs him. And it's just an emotional scene, like, wow. And it just ends. So it ends on that note. 150 minutes of a great film. And then we have the mid-credit scenes where you see the new Guardians, which are Rocket, Groot, who is fully grown, Cosmo, Kraglin, Adam Warlock, Pilot, one of the rescues, and Adam's pet plurp. They're on a new mission. And you see Quill is sitting there eating breakfast. In the second post-credits scene, Quill's eating breakfast with his grandfather. And at the end of it, he says, the legendary, and there's a blackout in the direction, the legendary Star Wars will return. Return. So that being said, guys, what does this mean for me? How did I feel about Guardians of the Galaxy? And, and like I said, I'm underneath the weather, and I may have skipped a few things, and I apologize. But here's what I remember. The story was well-driven. It never bored me at all. The comedic humor was great on everything it's done. Great villain, great side characters, humors like I said, humor stuff, great soundtrack. Nebula was huge in this. Rocket was huge in this. Um, I expected. I'm trying to find something mixed or negative to talk about. Um, I think the biggest negative I have with it that I felt like we were gonna they left us on a cliffhanger where these characters are all gonna be done, but they're still alive. So I don't know. But I will let you know this. This is the film that I think has not got Marvel back on track. Not Marvel is officially back on track, but it's the film that they're going to get back on track with. This is the film that's going to set them back up. Not to say, Marvel's back, bam! It's more like, Marvel's getting there. Marvel's getting there. And like i seen, one of the big negatives I had, the only scene that, that, that really drove me crazy was, I know Adam Warlock is a child, but at the same time, if you know who Adam Warlock is, you would understand why I'm like, mm, uh, whatever. Also, the whole um, the old scene with Gamora, how she ran out well on the outside of the ship, that that blows my mind. And the fact that I thought that we were teased that these this was going to be the end of the characters, they were all going to die, and it never happened. And I also, in another negative, I will say that James Gunn's not going to direct another Guardians film or another Marvel movie. 
it looks like for a while because he's head of DC now. So, yeah. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, where do I rank Guardians of the Galaxy? 9.25 out of 10. That strong of a film. Um, I just I just had a really good time. I'm having a hard time finding negatives. I just really think Marvel's on the right back track. It's the, the film. Now, hopefully, the Marvel films, the Marvel film that we're going to get at the end of the year, the Captain Marvel films, which anybody knows me, I cannot stand the Captain Marvel movies. So anyway, I think this is a good time to close this show. And I just want to let you know that I'm glad that Marvel came back. It's good for the movie theater business. This film, right now, if you look up on it, it's made two, it was a, on a budget $250 million. And since May 5th, 2023, since it's gone live, it's made $289.3 million. I'm very, so it's over, it's made, it's made over its budget on production. So that makes me happy. So in tune with this, how would I rank the Guardians films from top, from best to wor- from worst to best? And all three films are really good. I have my issues with three, but it's not one of those films I'm just like, whatever. So, number three coming in for me, I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I feel like it's a good film, but it has its issues. Number two for me is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and number one is the original. The original one is my favorite Marvel film that they've done in the MCU, and I'm going to stick with it. But that being said, guys, I appreciate every single human being that is tuning in this week to the show. I appreciate your support. Coming up Friday, I have a WWE Backlash review with my buddy Virgil Patton, a regular in the show. We're going to review that show from top to bottom. I'm going to talk about the NFL draft a little bit since he's a Colts. I'm a Steelers fan. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But in tune, guys, I'm very happy with this, and I also want to point out I'm so excited because if James Gunn can do what he did with this and we can keep this consistency with Marvel, I'm all for it. And tune, guys, just remember one key element. I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is. Straight up. Have a good one, y'all.